Allen starts it out, maybe a three-on-one. Right side, Allen comes in with Colasar, got to do it, he scores! Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Arvidsson looking for more, shooting, kick save! Grossois flexes out with the right pass. Now it's behind the goal, another try, another save, Grossois! Chevrolet, Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios, and live at lbsportsnetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Think of it this way, exit five off the 215, and you are right here to the Dollar Loan Center. Brand new facility opened up uh, for first ticketed event yesterday as the Big West Conference Basketball Championships are underway, and that's where we are right now, uh, above the court here and I can't say high above because it's uh, an amazing facility which gives you great sight lines but there's a, a low ceiling on this uh, building and it keeps everything packed in and there is not a bad view uh, inside I, I challenge you come come and show me the bad view because it, it does not exist uh, here steep uh, uh, seating and it's just great everybody's uh, right on top of the action uh, VGK Insider Show Darren Millard along with Ryan Wallace this is your first time uh, being at the Dollar Loan Center yeah no I, I love it and uh, I've been taking it in as much as possible I've been walking around I've been checking out all the different places you can go I put up a video of uh, of kind of the the outside area where you can get a little bit of a break and and see the stage and see the Las Vegas Strip in the background. Um, so everything aesthetically is just awesome. Uh, there's little details that I absolutely love, kind of tying in with with the Henderson Silver Knights and and just kind of everything that that goes along with uh, the Henderson Silver Knights franchise and the Vegas Golden Knights franchise. Um, and then, like, you're you're not wrong, Darren. You're right on top. You're right on top of the action. You're right on top of the court now for basketball. You're going to be right on top of the ice when hockey is going on. I cannot wa wait to see arena football uh, in this venue. It's as intimate a building you can find, and it gets you right on top of the action. Now, Craigie Range Sports Bar and Grill uh, opened yesterday, so it's uh, on the front of the building. Uh, come in, have a pregame meal, come to an event, or just uh, watch the, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights on all the TVs. you got the Salmon Ash patio. Uh, that you talked about where you walk out on the, on the second level. That's really cool uh, to be able to uh, see the, the Las Vegas Strip uh, in all its glory. And uh, then you've got uh, basketball and hockey and arena indoor football uh, coming. So it's, uh, there's, there's a lot to happen. And the scoreboard, see, so see the scoreboard there the, right at uh, center court. Coach Davis for the uh, Vegas Nighthawks mm -hmm. says because it's a lower building, uh, the ceiling's lower, it, uh, it's made to be intimate. If you're kicking field goals in the indoor football league, Vegas <laughs> Golden Knights uh, field goal kicker, yeah. it's, it's like one of those home field advantages because you're going to have to move the ball around the scoreboard. That, that hangs down. <laughs> it's, it's that low. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's fun. I, I, I can't wait for my first hockey game here. I cannot wait for my first uh, Vegas Nighthawks football game here. Uh, and it's, it's just it's an awesome venue for a conference tournament for basketball, which is why we're here today. Um, just a, a, an awesome venue and, and a really cool aspect uh, here in Henderson. First hockey game's on April 2nd, if you're keeping track, for the Henderson Silver Knights. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights uh, played last night and fell to the Philadelphia Flyers. We're going to get into what's next for Jack Eichel and the game against the Buffalo Sabres tomorrow night. That game 
can be heard on Fox Sports Las Vegas, uh, VGK Radio Network, and on television. It's one of those ESPN Plus Hulu games. Uh, yeah. So Hulu has it. If you got that, you, you can watch it. If it's on ES, you get the ESPN Plus subscri- subscription. Uh, you're good. You can watch it there. But it's not on the main ESPN channel. It's not on AT&T Sportsnet. So uh, keep that in mind when you go to watch Jack Eichel's return to Buffalo tomorrow uh, at four o'clock, uh, or just. Do the smart thing and listen to Dan and Darren Elliott uh, call the action with Ryan Wallace with the pregame show and the intermissions. Uh, last night's game against Philadelphia did not go according to plan, so let's get at it. You see what I do that time with the pepper? You see what I do with the pepper? The people, the people, they want the pepper, all right? They want the pepper. Game ratings brought to you by Nova Home Loans. Best combination of service, rates, and fees. Chapman. I'm going to keep it quick, and I'm going to keep it simple. <laughs> it's a jalapeno. It was a stinker. Look, you're at the point where you need to beat teams that are bad, just not good enough. The only reason it's not a bell pepper, they scored a power play goal, first power play goal on the road in 2022. I guess that's a positive, but it's hard to find any positives in, in last night's game, so I'm going jalapeno. So you went a two out of five? Yep. All right. Balls? Yeah, I'm right there with them. Uh, it's a jalapeno for me. I, I know we're going to point to the shots. I know we're going to talk about Carter Hart goalieing the Vegas Golden Knights, and, and I know that that's kind of uh, the the prevailing thought, but y- you have 48 shots on goal. You've got to do something to find the back of the net more than just one time. Uh, as Chapman says, yeah, great. They scored a power play goal. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that that happened, but for me, I... It, you can't you can't put one back, one behind him and, and and as as good as Carter Hart was, um, it's kind of the same. We maybe two or three signature saves, but that's about it. And you know for for me, it's just not enough offensive output from the Golden Knights. So um, going jalapeno on that. Wow. Yeah. So a couple of deuces. Wow. Yeah. Where are you going? Ghost cool. pepper. That's a five, right? Yeah. What's a four? Ghost Pepper is a four. Carolina Reaper is a five. Oh, Ghost Pepper is a four. What's a three? Habanero. Habanero. I'll go Habanero. There is enough there defensively to be really impressed with and pleased with. They give up two goals. Robin Leonard would like to stop both. Yep. And he was good in the second period and third period and, and held Philadelphia at bay. But you only allowed two goals. And what you gave up was even uh, stingier than that. And that's a part of the game that I think you can be really uh, content with. And then all the shots, like 16 and 17 and 17 per period. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, that's a blitzing of, of Carter Hart. The power play looked much better. I love Jonathan Marchessault down low, uh, the right-handed shot, making that, uh, that stick available. Uh, he's really fit in there the last couple of games uh, yeah. and we're sort of where the spot where, where Mark Stone normally plays but uh, Jack Eichel on, on the flank and Marshall down low Dodonov in front Pacioretty over in the, the far side Theodore out there uh, I, I like the, the movement on the power play didn't convert didn't, didn't score enough but I'll see if you get nine shots from Jack Eichel and six shots uh, from Max Pacioretty. I like your chances of winning night to night. They didn't last night. It didn't happen. And that result stinks. 
it hurts. But as far as the performance of the game, I I didn't mind it. Didn't didn't score enough. That's all. I yeah. Duh. Didn't score enough. But it just it it just felt stagnant to me in 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 the way that the Anaheim game felt unpredictable in the, in the way that the Anaheim game felt like the Golden Knights were just finding ways to get to where they needed to go in order to score uh, it felt like we were right back to where we were before the Anaheim game really because I, I had the feeling all night that they were going to win oh, like, I didn't, just, not, just just no I, I didn't at all when's it going to break through I I I didn't get any sense from that game that, that the Golden Knights were going to be able to tie it and come back and win. Really? Yeah, Despite none. 48 shots? They, there, weren't, there weren't enough dangerous chances. They didn't get goalied last night. Yeah. I, like, as, as, much, as much as you tip your cap to someone that made 47 saves, I don't think that there were enough signature, oh, my gosh, I cannot believe Carter Hart just made that save type saves. Yeah, part of that's positioning, and he, he, was, he was on it last night. Like his save... After the timeout with buck 45 to go where they got the power play mm-hmm. and Jack Eichel made the entry and instead of setting up the play and, and establishing the zone and the six on four, he got to the hash marks and ripped it. Mm-hmm. I, I can't believe Carter Hart stopped that. Jack Eichel must have been missed his shot by a smidge yeah. for him not to score from there. And then Eichel had another opportunity in the final seconds where Carter Hart somehow got, got his body on it. Um, I thought they, it wasn't one of those, the ice is tilted feelings and they're just, Philadelphia is just holding on. I agree with you on that part, but I, I do think that they did enough. And I'm not going four to five, five out of five. I'm not uh, doing my regular, uh, everything's rosy <laughs> routine. But there's, I'll take that performance every night of the week with a, a, a little more finish. I, I did like what Jonathan Marshall had to say after the game. Like, we, we got to stop making goalies look like yeah. Patrick Waller. I'm paraphrasing that. Sure. But, yeah. uh, it, it does seem like they make the opposition goalie tend to look better than they've played. And the, you, you, you walk, watch around the league last night, and Arizona scored nine. How's yeah. that happening? Yeah. Um, uh, uh, the Calgary Flames are, are vulnerable last night to, in their game. Like, goals are going in all over the place. And I wonder. I actually sat there going, why, why is that happening to Vegas? Because the, the looks are there. The, and, and, I mean, the other thing, too, like, the the shot totals were what they were for the Golden Knights. But I think that I can make the argument that some of their best chances, the minute it was ready for them to pull the trigger, the minute they, they had the ability to take the shot, was blocked. I mean, the, mm-hmm. the the Philadelphia Flyers had 23 block shots. How many times when you're trying to set up the perfect play are you then shooting the puck right into the shin pads of the opposition player? Now, you've got to give the Flyers credit. Yep. They're, they're blocking shots. They're getting in the way. They're doing what they need to do. But I think that some of the best potential chances Vegas had were thwarted by either missing the net or shooting it into a shin pad. And so, like, for a team that I think is struggling right now with offensive confidence – uh, you can't look for the perfect play. It doesn't exist. It's not there. You just got to throw the puck on net, which is why when you talk about Jack Eichel coming in over the blue line, getting into the hash marks, and then ripping one, that might be the best thing for the Golden Knights to replicate and do yeah. because it, it takes the complicated 
aspect of looking for the perfect play out of the equation. Yeah, look, they've scored three goals in two games against two vulnerable teams. Sure, yeah. Got to score more than that. Yeah. And there is some, some criticism of the goals that Robin Leonard allowed last night, the first one. I can tell you exactly what happened. He thought for sure that was being tipped. Thought, and and it, it somehow got through. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't make it right and doesn't uh, uh, allow for the puck to get through from 65 feet. But that's that's what happened. And it's one of those fluky ones. The, the second one, it's it's post-play. They call it post-integration yeah. uh, with, with goaltenders. Uh, somebody's coming down, and you either go... Uh, with the reverse VH or VH, whatever save sequence uh, that you choose. Uh, but when when you are outside the post and the player has momentum going around the net, you've got a lot further to travel than they do. Mm-hmm. And plus you have to rotate your body and slide across. And he he got caught in a couple of couple of those last night it he was almost there the puck banked off his skate yeah man it was yeah. a bit of bad luck but those two goals look suspect last night the guys at the other end wore it. the the skaters wear that one yeah uh, not being able to finish when you when you only allow two goals against in this league and he's done that i think five out of his last seven games mm-hmm. yeah with the players even with the uh, the injuries they, the guys had to score more last night. Did, did you get the sense that he was more aggressive in those situations? Yes. Playing, playing the, the, on the blocker side coming yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Playing the wraparound. Yeah. Why? I don't know. Maybe yeah. scouting. Well, here's here's the thing. If if you're not aggressive and you stay on your line, yeah, and they they flip it short side on you like yeah. uh, right by your ear. If you go. <laughs> VH can't, uh, can't in, win in, there. in that that yeah. looks like a bad goal uh, if he comes out you you got to count on some some backdoor support yeah uh, on it and they he got it on a couple of occasions because that wasn't the, the only time no. that they tried the uh, come down the wall on the, on the left side and wrap it around and I don't know whether that's scouting or, or whether it is um, Connor Helbeck has the same type of uh, uh, trend where he gets a little too aggressive and gets his, his feet outside the, the post. But that'll be something that Rosati and, and, uh, and the goaltenders uh, will, be, will be looking at uh, today because you're, you're spot on with your uh, assessment uh, or uh, w- report card that he, he did get caught in a couple of occasions coming down to the blocker side. And, and you know, sometimes it, it happens. I, I don't get the sense that... that uh, you know, again, as you mentioned, second and third period, Robin Leonard made all the saves he yeah. needed to make, and and that's and good saves and good saves too. And that's kind of the 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 thing is, you can shake off a bad period or or a period where you don't make the saves or the plays or the reads that you want to make. Uh, how do you how do you handle that from there on out? And I thought Robin Leonard's second third second and third period really did allow his team the opportunity to come back and at least tie the game, get themselves a point out of it. And offense, as as has been the case over the last. 10 or 12 games has not been there for the Golden Knights. That's another reason why I'd start Leonard tomorrow night. Right back yeah, in there. Yeah, I agree with Let's you. Let's go. Yeah. Get, get right back. And whether he, he feels anything from it or not, I'd throw him, I'd throw him back out there and, and get it going again. And against Buffalo, we're highly motivated. Uh, we've, we've 
we know the different things that have been said yeah. o- over the years uh, about uh, him and, and the situation in Buffalo. So, yeah, I, as motivated as he was against Ottawa, I think you, you elevate that sure. uh, against the Buffalo Sabres, and, and away we go. So those are your uh, your game ratings uh, brought to you by Nova Home Loans. Best combination of service, rates, and fees. Uh, tomorrow night, the Vegas Golden Knights continue the road trip at Game 2 against the Buffalo Sabres, and this game is uh, relevant uh, because Vegas needs a win. They got some help last night, but they need some need a win uh, to try and climb up the standings in the Pacific Division. And it's Jack Eichel's return to Buffalo. Jack spoke to the media, a jammed uh, media room at uh, Buffalo uh, today, and talked about how strange it is, how different it is to be back in Western New York. Yeah, it is a little. It's definitely strange. Um, but I'm not the first guy to get traded and go to another team and go back to the team they were at. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, it's a little awkward, you know, walking in here, going to the uh, visitor's room, but, you know, other guys have done it, so it's just business as always. Is the return weighing on Jack? Yeah, I mean, you, you obviously, you, you have those thoughts. You think about what uh, what sort of reception you're going to get, um, but I can't control that. I feel like I gave everything I had while I was here, my time in Buffalo, uh, to the organization and to the community, so, um, you know, I'm at peace with all that, and... Um, Whatever the reception is, I'll, I'll be able to handle it. It's, uh, you know, it's hockey, and when the puck drops, you know, you get a shift under your belt. I think it just becomes a game. You had all bitter, though, Jay. No bitterness, nope, none whatsoever. I had it. Dealing a lot with the uh, feelings and emotions going back into Buffalo, for both Jack Eichel and the Buffalo Sabers, ownership, management, coaching staff, and the fan base, because when things were divided. There was no reconciliation over uh, the decision that Jack wanted to have the artificial disc replacement surgery procedure and ownership wanted to fuse the disc. And neither side would budge. It ends up being a trade for Jack Eichel. First, they took away the captaincy from him. Yep. Uh, and then there were some strong words uh, from management uh, supporting their ownership, which uh, is not un- uh, unexpected. And then they parting of the ways with the trade. And it's all about those feelings going back into uh, the rink tomorrow night. Here's Jack on the process that led to this return. No, listen, you know, there's a disagreement in medical uh, and, you know, they're doctors. I'm not. I just seeked out my my own, uh, I guess, uh, opinions. And, um, you know, I felt more comfortable going one way. The team felt, you know, more comfortable another way. And we disagreed and you know, things played out the way they did, and obviously I was moved and was able to get the surgery I wanted, and here I am healthy playing hockey again, and that's just, uh, you know, I'm just happy to be doing that. See, that that answer in particular is one that jumped out at me, not not with what he said as much as the tone in it. Mm-hmm. It was matter-of-fact, yeah. positive, not confrontational, and ready to play this game. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's kind of the, the right way to handle it. it, it it's... It, at its most basic level, it's a disagreement between Jack and the Sabres on what the course of action should have been. And we've talked about this a number of times. I'm always going to side with a player having a choice, especially when it comes to a neck surgery, of what their quality of life is going to be like outside of hockey when they're done. And you know what? I I don't blame Jack Eichel one bit for digging his heels in and fighting for what he believed would give him the best quality of life 
after he was done playing and and it, the best chance to be the player he was prior to getting hurt. So tomorrow he skates out there for the first time as a visitor. A lot of distractions around this game. Emotions floating around Jack Eichel, the Buffalo Sabres fans. How does he manage to get past that and just play the game? No, it's not frustrating. Listen, everyone's entitled to their opinion, right? So, um, you know, you're, you're always going to get two sides of the story. You're always going to get people that agree with you and disagree with you. Uh, at the end of the day, you're the only person that has to, you know, put your head in the pillow and live with your decisions. So I just wanted to stick to what I believed in, and I thought I did that. He was also asked about if he'd do things different if he had an opportunity. That's a tough question for a, for a player that uh, is still really young, 25 years old. Yep. And that goes back to some of the comments that made like, the neck surgery situation and standoff is only part of the, the fracture in the relationship with the Buffalo Sabres. Because yep. uh, after a couple of years, he's watching Connor McDavid have all this success and not saying that that is the driving force to this. Uh, but Connor made the playoffs. Connor, Connor, uh, and he's never played the Stanley Cup playoff game. And yeah. he got frustrated with turnover of coaches, turnover of manager, and being in the same spot or going backwards. And the uh, the idea of, of just sitting there being quiet is not Jack's modus operandi. Mm-hmm. He, he voiced uh, his opinion on, on a couple of occasions. So he was asked if he would have done things differently uh, when he was a Buffalo Sabres. I think it's always... Uh it's always easy to sit here now, look back, and say, I wish I would have done things differently. But, I mean, you look at it, you're 20, 21, 22 years old. You get named captain. You're still trying to figure your way a little bit. And, uh, obviously, you have that, you know, that extra, you know, it's, it's not a burden. It's a privilege. But uh, there's a lot that comes with being the captain. And, um, yeah, of course, I think now at, at 25 years old, I think I've learned a lot more. And uh, I'd probably do a better job now than I did then. But, um you know, the one thing I always tried to do when I was the captain was just be myself, and I still try to do that now. Um, try not to do anything differently, letter, no letter. Just try to be myself every day, work hard, try and set an example on the ice. That's a great question. Um, you know, I thought I made a really good impact on the community. That was one thing that I always tried to do from the moment I was drafted. Um, I felt like the city and the people here gave me so much, so I wanted to try and give back as much as I could. Um, but I, I, you know what, like, you look at it and, you know, minus the last maybe 12 months, you know, there was a lot of really good moments and I thought I had a lot and I hope the, uh, I hope the city uh, can, you know, maybe look at it for the, the, the previous, you know, five and a half years, whatever you'd call it, um, and uh, everything good that happened then and, you know, understand maybe where I'm coming from. Impressive today, Jack Eichel at the podium uh, with the Buffalo media and a lot of national media in attendance. So tomorrow night's game will be televised uh, nationally as well on ESPN Plus and Hulu. So make sure you're aware of that uh, and where to find the game on the television side. Uh, We have it for you on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 3 o'clock pregame show with Ryan Wallace, 4 o'clock at the puck drop, Dan Duba calling it with Darren Elliott. I'm excited for it. I can't wait. I, I really can't. As, as we've talked about, I, I feel like this has the potential to be one of those games from Jack that, that we've been kind of 
salivating over, wondering when it's going to come. And, and that's not to take anything away from what Jack has done over the first 10 games of his Golden Knights career. Uh, you look at seven points. You look at the, the, the big moment against Ottawa. Uh, and then, you know, a, a game like the other night where I, I thought, again, he just keeps getting better and better and better. And you're starting to see how much of an impact he has every single shift. And, and I, I hope that the fans that are in the arena tomorrow can kind of heed the words that Jack just had that we just heard from him in that yes it's easy to react to what's recent recency bias is a real thing we get that because it ended the way that it did I can understand fans being upset I do that being said don't turn your back on what on the good that came from the first five and a half years if you can find it in your heart to do that if you're in the rink tomorrow night Maybe judge it on the, on the entirety of the six and a half years and not just the last 12 months. I'll put it more simply. Don't poke the bear. <laughs> or do. I mean, no, it, might, like, it might help. It might help the Golden bear. Knights. So maybe, maybe yeah, poke him. Yeah, and I think it will, will help the Golden Knights. Yeah. That kind of uh, motivation, that kind of uh, response may get under uh, his skin a little bit. Or he might just go, I moved on. Yeah. And I spoke in hour number one about the confidence and swagger that he has, uh, quiet cockiness uh, to him, that, that he's fully a- able to handle whatever jeers, if it's jeers, or cheers, if it's uh, support for him and his, and his time in, in Buffalo. His current coach was, was asked, because there's a lot of curiosity from the Buffalo standpoint. Jack had a lot of coaches when mm-hmm. he was in Buffalo. So what's, what's it like uh, for Pete DeBoer to work with Jack Eichel? Well, it's been exceptional. I didn't know Jack um, as a person uh, or even as a player uh, other than watching from the other bench, seeing the highlights on TV. Uh, you know, there, there's a lot of substance there. There's a lot of desire to win. There's a lot of desire to fit in uh, to what we're trying to do, you know, whatever uh, that is, uh, you know, at, at the expense of his personal statistics in order to, to win and fit in and try and pursue a Stanley Cup. So I've been really impressed. Um, he's gotten better and better every night. I mean, you know, last game he was the best player on the ice on either team. Nine shots. Uh, you know, he, he's big, he's strong, come as advertised, physical not afraid you know I think his game I have no doubt his game translates to playoff success so you know we've got to get there and give him that opportunity got to get there give him the opportunity that he's never had before it's hard to believe Jack Eichel's never played in the Stanley Cup playoff game I can't wait until he gets to nine shots yesterday his career high is 11 he's had 10 a couple of times but the most incredible part about that last night was nine shots, and he had ten attempts. He was all over it and, and was forcing Carter Hart to make whatever saves he had to make. And you're not just coming down the, the wall and ripping it three feet wide, short side, or uh, a hope uh, shot that gets blocked uh, and has no chance of, of getting through. He, he had good looks, and, and he was able to, to test the goaltender I don't think it's a fluke that last night was by far his most dominant performance uh, of the night uh, that, he's, that he's played so far with the Vegas Golden Knights. 
because it came the game before the Buffalo Sabres, and he's 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 riled up. He's ready to go. You know, in in a sense, um, it, obviously, I I would have preferred a Golden Knights win last night, but uh, maybe it's a good thing that the the goals didn't fall for Jack Eichel last night if they fall for him in Buffalo. Yeah, uh, there was a there's a, a, a sort of a feeling of uh, inevitability that he's going to do something tomorrow night, yep. something big. Uh, yep. We'll see what happens. The Vegas could use a, another breakup performance. We we know that the, the goals against Anaheim were welcome when the floodgates opened a little bit. Uh, they were able to squeak by the Ottawa Senators on a dramatic five-second uh, remaining on the clock goal from Jack Eichel, but uh, a consistent uh, performance of being able to, to light up the offense will be great. Interesting today that, that Ryan Craig was running the power play uh, along with uh, Steve Spot at practice uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights. And Pete was asked about uh, that change because normally Spot uh, runs uh, the man advantage. Here's uh, Pete on that observation. Uh, you know what, we, we've, uh, our, our staff, the way our staff works, everybody contributes everywhere and sometimes we we switch uh, voices and messaging at different points just to, to grab attention back, especially when you're getting 60 games into a season. I wish you guys would do the same. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was great. You talked about the media. Maybe you guys yeah. could uh, shift things up uh, and move things around and have, have different voices in and around. But I've seen Ryan McGill work with forwards. Uh, quite a bit, and uh, Ryan Craig, I've watched uh, certainly work with defensemen. Steve Spot uh, ha- comes from a defensive uh, background, so he's he's been on that side of it too. So uh, change, different. Uh, I wouldn't read too much into it, uh, uh, considering they did score on the power play uh, late against the the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, I, I think you know. It- different voices can be good it's always nice to have uh, a new fresh set of eyes or or just try something a little bit different especially when you're 60 games into an 82 game season and and you haven't played an 82 game season in uh, nearly two years so um it's almost one of those things that you you say yeah that makes sense more than you'd ever go be critical of it yeah no i i i think i think the way pete kind of explained it made made all the sense in the world. It kind of gives you everything that you need. Like 60 games into 82 is hard. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. And so maybe you just maybe you just prevent burnout that way. And, yeah. and I think that's kind of the main thing that I took away from it is, you know, you start staring at the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. All of a sudden, you can't see anything beyond just getting through it. So I, I, I get it. I understand it for sure. They will be back home after this five-game road trip on March 17th against the Florida Panthers. Do you want to go to the game? I do. We have two tickets available. Game 702-876-1340. If you are caller number nine, in honor of Jack Eichel, right now, lines are open, 702-876-1340. We will send you two tickets to see the Vegas Golden Knights return game from this road trip against the Florida Panthers. One-timers coming up next as we broadcast from the Dollar Loan Center, the Big West Championship Tournament. Uh, basketball tournament's on the floor right now. We've got another quarterfinal coming up uh, in a couple of minutes as they get ready for the pregame introductions. Uh, keep you up to date with that. A big game involving UC Irvine and Cal State Fulton. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. 
Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insiders Show. This time of the year where there's a lot of things floating in and around the, uh, the hockey world. And what everybody's trying to do is to not say the wrong thing. <laughs> they're trying not to do something. And they're trying their hardest not to do something. Yeah. JT so, Miller oh. kind of went down a path. This is his quote because they're talking about uh, a lot of rumors around JT Miller with the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah. He says, uh, there's a lot of rumors to begin with. I don't really uh, look into it. I'm not really talking to anybody. I talk to my agent all the time. (laughs) (laughs) That's one of the greatest quotes uh, I've ever uh, heard and and, and read. He says, I I don't think I'm getting traded. I never thought I was getting traded. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know whether they're going to trade him either because they're right back in this thing. Come on. Look at it. I, I am. Look at but it. But stop. It's not going to happen. There's a lot of right. chatter okay. right. around the Vancouver Canucks. It's only because it's Bruce Boudreau now they, and he doesn't miss the playoffs. Like, I get it, but come here's on. The, the, the issue, though, is they play something like seven games in the last next ten days. Yeah. The Calgary right now is in a five and seven stretch, which is never happening again uh, outside of uh, – Wonky <laughs> scheduling. I never know, say I know, never. I know, I know, but but Vancouver's got another one of those stretch. If they can somehow get through this, and they're going to try and do it by playing Thatcher Demko every game. Yeah, yeah, because like you know that won't lead to overuse and mm-hmm. probably diminishing returns. Like here, here's the thing: Do I believe the Vancouver Canucks have a better chance of making it interesting than the Anaheim Ducks? Yes, I do. Do okay. I believe either team is going to make it into the playoffs? No, I don't. All right, what's the uh, what's the math? All right, so Vancouver, 57 games, 62 points. And right now the cut line is Dallas with 67 points in one less game than the Vancouver Canucks. So they're 56. five points out. Yeah, but I mean, like, ah. both Nashville and Dallas have a game in hand on, on Vancouver. Vancouver is buried. I, I know. If they would have made the trade, like, Two weeks prior to when they, or if they would have made the coaching change two weeks prior to when they did, they'd probably be in a playoff spot right now. I just think they're going to run out of time. Dylan Strom is an interesting guy with Chicago. A couple of stops already. Yep. He's only 25. Feels like he's been along around a lot longer. Oh. Same same draft Played as for Arizona. Yeah, same draft as happen. as Jack Eichel. Yeah. And Connor McDavid. Yeah. I wonder what the Blackhawks are going to do with him. I mean, I think they should trade him would be the answer that I would throw out there. If you're rebuilding, like they said, yeah. then, yeah. Everything that's not nailed down or Alex Dabrinkit, you trade. Except for Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves. No, 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 you trade them. No, because they're part of the they're, – They're, they're being, not part of a rebuild, Darren. No, no, but they're part of the, the communication I, I process. Don't, I don't care if they're part of the communication process. You say, hey, guys, listen, we're giving you the option. If you really, really don't want to make the playoffs for the rest of your career, then, yeah, sure, stay here. But if you would like to make the playoffs, let's just get you traded because we're not re-signing you. I was surprised to see a report today that the Montreal Canadiens were trying to trade Shea Weber. I'm not. Come on. 
because he hasn't played. It, well, sure, but like you, you act like that's not a thing that teams use to their advantage when it comes to the salary cap. So Ken Hughes, the general manager, said, no, <laughs> we're not trying to trade Shea Weber. Sure. We've had phone calls, and there's a lot of speculation and, and rumors there. Yeah. But there's not a lot of accuracy to the stuff that's out there. He hasn't played this year. No, I get that. I, I'm, I'm very much aware of the fact that Shea Weber has not played yet. But Shea Weber's contract, considering the fact that most people don't believe Shea Weber is going to play another NHL game, um, Shea Weber's contract is on the books for another five years, so four years beyond this season. As far as actual money goes, like what his actual salary is going to be for those years. You're talking about uh, $3 million, $1 million, $1 million, $1 million. So yeah. actual money you're paying out is not astronomical. And then when you look at the fact that the cap hit is just a, a, a shade under $8 million for a team like, I don't know, say the Arizona Coyotes, who are going to be playing in a college building next year, who want to... Get to the floor. We want to get to the floor, yeah. but minimize the actual money that they're paying out to players. That becomes an incredibly attractive contract to go after. And if you're the Montreal Canadiens, and if you're Kent Hughes, get an asset out of it. Yeah. Get an asset out of it. If, if Shea Weber's never going to play a game, and you're the Montreal Canadiens and you're trying to rebuild, use that as something that brings a tangible piece into your organization. Or use it yourself to get to, get to the, the floor. floor. Uh, Wade Gretzky is going to do something this weekend that he's never done before in the world of hockey. He's going to be in the booth calling the Heritage Classic oh, with nice. uh, our buddy Keith uh, Jones and Eddie Olchek and Kenny Albert uh, on TNT. Um, the Toronto Maple Leafs and Buffalo Sabres playing in that game at Tim Hortons Field in Hamilton, Ontario. But Wayne, Wayne's been in the booth before. He's done the hits and then leaves goes back to uh <laughs> his management speed or wherever but he's yeah. done hits but he's never actually called the game kind of be kind of cool that he's just going to react to the game like other analysts do and it's not a intermission where you're picking and choosing yeah. uh, what you want to to make it more exciting for the beer this is this is wayne talking about every facet of the game yeah i i can't wait for that just to see how Wayne kind of analyzes things in the moment, right? Like, as as you know, you you start planning your intermissions and you start kind of highlighting individual plays and, and picking out the things that you want to say or, or do. I can't wait to see how that brain processes the game in the moment because that's going to be just awesome to watch. And he's with two beauties in Edzo and Keith Jones. Yeah. Who yeah. are fun guys. Yeah. He trusts. And that will make uh, the adjustment a little easier. And I think you might just get one. Uh, Kenny Albert may not call any action for three or four <laughs> minutes just because those they, they end up having a big, long conversation. I hope it turns into something like that. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I, I, I think that more of that in hockey is certainly um, needed and warranted. And you got you got three guys that know what they're talking about and have different personalities and unique cir cir uh, circumstances, let them go. You believe he's never called a hockey game before? Uh, maybe not on TV, but I'm sure there's been a few 
mm -hmm. in his mind that he's called, or, yeah. or a few that he was sitting in front of a TV calling. Uh, that'll be fun. Uh, that's at uh, Tim Hortons Field in Hamilton, Ontario. It's the home of the Canadian Football League's Hamilton Tiger Cats. So we are at the home of the Vegas Nighthawks and the Henderson Silver Knights. This is the Dollar Loan Center with one-timers on the VGK Insider Show brought to you by Paul Powell Law. More lawyer, less fee. Catching up with Chapman next on Fox Sports Las Vegas. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Oh, Christopher. Hi, Darren. I feel like uh, I hear the Star Stangled Banner in the background, so maybe I shouldn't, shouldn't be talking. I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Anyway, um, you know, we, we were talking about the lack of goal scoring by this team. So in the last month, we'll go back to February 9th. That was the game in which they were blasted by the Calgary Flames 6 to nothing. one month ago today. They have had seven games out of the 11 where they have scored two or less goals. So only four of those games they've scored more than two goals, and two of them are against the San Jose Sharks. So I don't even know if we should even count those games, but... Oh, some, gosh, no, I'm, I'm kidding. Come I'm on. kidding. I was referencing our caller You'll the other day. That was good. That was well played. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, look, the reality is they've got to they've got to find a way to start scoring goals. And I think it changes tomorrow night. I think Jack going back to Buffalo. I thought, it, you know, it, I listened to, to the media session and I, I thought it came across a little salty by the Buffalo media. It seemed like they were they were disappointed in Jack for wanting what was best for him. I I, I mean, maybe I'm taking I it. I didn't the, get that. I, I, I just kind of felt that it was a little more. I've heard far more confrontational. Well, not, not confrontational. That That's not what I said. Just a little salty. Like they were, they were almost upset. I rounded you up. Well, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I, I wouldn't say confrontational. I don't think they were confrontational. Well, what's the salty mean? Jeff? Well, they were hurt. Like they were, they were like, it would be like me if Liverpool lost the title to to Man United. I would be salty about that, but I wouldn't be confrontational. I'm not looking to fight somebody over it. You sure? Yeah. I mean, I don't fight. I don't. I. That's not my thing. Maybe 25, 30 years ago when I was a teenager, I liked to fight, but not so yeah. much anymore. You're, you're a big brawler back in your teenage I, years. I I was dumb. We'll put it that way. I I had. Yeah. A lot. I didn't need liquid courage. I just had a lot of courage. I had a little bit of a Napoleon. Punches were thrown, and they yes. landed on Chapman. No, I, I would always I like, land punches. I like, how, I like how you go from I was dumb to I was courageous. Yeah. Well, like that's, courageous, that's, a bit of, that's a bit of a leap Courageous there, doesn't always mean smart. So. Dollar Loan Center's just buzzing right now. UC Irvine against Cal State Fullerton. Quarterfinal number three in the Big West women's basketball bracket in the conference tournament. Love this. It's open. It's happening. We've got indoor football coming up with the Nighthawks. Henderson Silver Knights debut coming up on April 2nd. Exit 5 off the 215. Can't tell you, this building is just spectacular. And tomorrow in Buffalo, it's Jack Eichel's return. Pre-game show at 3 o'clock at Fox Sports Las Vegas. Puck drop Dan Duva and Darren Elliott at 4 o'clock. Sabres, Vegas Golden Knights, right here.